With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, everybody. I'm Logan Camden. I'm Carson Brabber. And this is Nerd Sesh. No! Darwin. All right, so today on Nerd Sesh, we're going to be dipping our toes into an area of sports history that we really haven't addressed all that much thus far. We've had a draft question or two on a Trivia Time episode, but today we are going deep and we are going to be discussing the top 10 NFL draft classes of all time. So Logan, let's start with you. What do you have at number 10? Uh, At number 10, I have the 1993 draft class, which currently has four Hall of Famers and I think potentially five because uh, there's no way I don't see John Lynch getting into the Hall of Fame. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler, uh, two-time All-Pro selection, and a Super Bowl champion. He's the odd man out that uh, isn't in other than the guys I'm going to talk about. Uh, Jerome Bettis, uh, very near and dear to my heart. Uh, Shout out to Buss. Uh, Super Bowl champion, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro selection. Uh, was taken by the Rams in the 93 draft and then dealt to the Steelers on draft day 1995, or excuse me, uh, sorry, 1996. And after that, uh, had some career seasons there. Bettis never, you know, led the league in yards, never led the league in a whole lot, but his career numbers are pretty good, coupled with the Super Bowl championship. Uh, Willie Rofe is here in the 93 draft class, along with Will Shields, two anchors on the offensive line. And then on defense, Michael Strahan, uh, the single-season sack leader, obviously. We all remember him going down and getting uh, Brett Favre, uh, an all-time great Super Bowl champion there. Dana Stubblefield with the 49ers, a great defensive tackle. And I felt Stubblefield um, warranted mentioning because he had some really career seasons in San Francisco. He isn't a Hall of Famer. Maybe I see somewhere in this weird universe that we live in, Stubblefield could get into the Hall of Fame. And then you check the depth here in the 93 draft class, uh, some, some solid contributors. Drew Bledsoe, uh, obviously never won a Super Bowl, never really reached those heights that we expected, but a great quarterback. Lincoln Kennedy, Robert Smith, Lorenzo Neal, Jason Elam, Mark Brunel, and Trent Green. Uh, I considered some other classes, and I think the 93 class uh, maybe a little biased here, but Strahan, Bettis, you had a lot of talent here that I think you didn't see from some other classes, but we'll get in more, more in depth and as we go along. Carson, who do you have at number 10? So at number 10, I have the 1967 NFL draft. And the reason I left off 93 is, yes, there's definitely some quality depth. You do have a guy like, even beyond what you mentioned, Lorenzo Neal, Drew Bledsoe, 
some really good players without a question, Mark Burnell. But the reason that I left it off at the end of the day was I just felt like the talent at the top wasn't quite of the same caliber as the rest on my list. Like, yes, you know, Will Shields, Willie Rofe, those are Hall of Famers, and I'm not trying to be anti-offensive line biased here, but the signature name of this draft is either Strahan or Jerome Bettis, and that really doesn't compare to a lot of them. And also, I don't have a single spot on my list where I expect that the class will finish with four Hall of Famers. That may not be the case with this one as well because of, as you mentioned, John Lynch, but the depth is definitely solid. I left 93 off. The reason I have 67 and I think that a lot of people would have this one higher, is you start with the eight Hall of Famers in this class. Fourth pick, Bob Greasy. Sixth pick, Floyd Little. Fifteenth pick, Alan Page. Seventeenth pick, Gene Upshaw. Thirty-fourth pick, Lem Barney. Fiftieth pick, Willie Lanier. 182nd pick, Rayfield Wright. 214th pick, Ken Houston. To have eight Hall of Famers in a single class is obviously ridiculous. You throw that in with 31 Pro Bowlers, 16 players who made first-team All-Pro at some point in their career, even though, you know, you look at the top of the draft and the first three picks don't have the most notorious names. Number one pick of this draft, Bubba Smith, was one-time All-Pro and a two-time Pro Bowler. Um, a fun fact from this draft, you have Steve Spurrier, of course, longtime college football coach going third overall. He was a quarterback uh, during his playing days. The reason I don't have this one higher, despite the eight Hall of Famers, is sort of uh, relevant to the what I just said. It's There's different strata of quality hall of famers even within you know that highly esteemed group and bob greasy floyd little these are not your highest tiers hall of famers alan page he is you look around i mean lem barney is really quality player ken houston really quality player obviously they're in the hall of fame but at the end of the day for me just the fact that this class had eight hall of famers when the depth is relatively average for this list it's exceptional overall in draft history and the hall of famers aren't necessarily as star-studded as some other classes. That's why I didn't have 67 higher, but I did feel like I had to have it on my list. 67, I ended up leaving off of my list, and I ended up leaving 68 off as well, which may surprise mm. you. I, both classes produce a Hall of Famers. I just, in such an old draft, and I, I even struggled to put – I'm not going to say I struggled. I, I played with 1957 up and down my list because mm. I didn't know exactly where to put them mm -hmm. because of the era and – how football has fundamentally changed. I didn't like the depth. I didn't like the depth from any of the yeah. old classes, and that's why I left 67 off. Well, you mentioned 68. I, spoiler alert, I left 68 off as well because of what I mentioned, the quality of the Hall of Famers. I guess Ken Stabler is the best player from that draft, maybe Larry Sanka. But, you know, Ken Stabler, yes, he has the MVP, but relatively short prime and a lot of interceptions throughout it. It just the Hall of Famers were not as convincing to me as some of the more modern classes who may have had a couple less Hall of Famers, but better quality. So let's move on. Who do you have at number nine? At number nine, this one may surprise you. I have the 2011 draft class. And the mm. reason that I have 2011 on here is because, much like you said, I didn't like the depth of some of the older draft classes. This one, on the other hand, has a lot of top-tier talent. And I can understand leaving 2011 off your list because it's very recent, but uh, I'm going to run down some of the names. I project six to eight Hall of Famers out of this class. 16 out of the 32 um, players selected in the first round turned out to be pro bowlers. And this top five is pretty star-studded in recent NFL memory. Number one, Cam Newton. Number two, Von Miller. Number three, Marcel Darius. Number four, A.J. Green. And number five, Pat Pete. Such a deep draft class. Heavy, a lot of solid starters. 
And uh, 12 players out of the first round would also make a Pro Bowl. Or, I mean, would make a Pro Bowl. 28 players have. Uh, as you mentioned last week, Cam Newton, a three-time Pro Bowl or a one-time MVP, one of the greatest rushers in Carolina Panthers history. Um, and I don't know if Cam's going to make the Hall of Fame. I feel it's worth mentioning because he is an MVP. And right now I find it very hard, although we have seen with a guy like Ken Anderson, very hard to – it's possible to not make the Hall of Fame with an MVP. I don't think Cam's on the border. Um, A.J. Green was taken here. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler. Outside of that, I don't think A.J. Green is a Hall of Famer either, but a very solid contributor. Julio Jones, a no-brainer Hall of Famer, nine-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro selection. Uh, Tyron Smith, seven-time Pro Bowler. Rodney Hudson, a solid option here at center, uh, some more offensive line depth. Jason Kelsey, new Super Bowl champ. I expect Jason Kelsey to be in the Hall of Fame. I genuinely do. But on the defensive side of the ball is really where this draft shines. And Von Miller here, as I mentioned, 106 career sacks, eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro selection, Super Bowl champ, no-brainer Hall of Famer. Patrick Peterson, I expect to go into the Hall in the Aeneas Williams uh, sort of build as well. Uh, also played for the Cardinals. Uh, eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro selection, 25 career interceptions. Uh, in my opinion, the best defender to come out of this draft and one of the greatest defensive players ever, J.J. Watt, taken uh, to the Texans here. Who, and they hated that pick initially. Uh, 96 sacks, a three-time defensive player of the year. And then if you just want to talk about – and I'm not – no disrespect to Richard Sherman. We all know what he's done. Um, I do want to briefly mention him. But some more depth along here. Uh, as I said, Jarrell Casey, Robert Quinn, Mike Pouncey, Ryan Kerrigan – Cam Jordan, Cameron Hayward, Mark Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, Jabal Shear, Justin Houston. I mean, so many talented players came out of the 2011 draft class. I felt they had to be here just because of how many players have significantly impacted the NFL in recent memory out of this class. So I think this is a great choice. I did not really even give it a shot. And the reason that was part of my process is because I figure it's been less than a decade, so you sort of want to let careers play out. But then again, you know, when you're nine years in, these guys have had their chances to make an impact, and I think a lot of them have totally done it. The defensive talent is absolutely ridiculous. You have four surefire Hall of Famers in Watt, Von Miller, Patrick Peterson, and Richard Sherman. I would say Patrick Peterson is a surefire Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. And just the depth. I mean, you mentioned some of the names. Cameron Jordan, Justin Houston. If Alden Smith keeps it together – you know, mm -hmm. you could have five all-time defensive players from this draft. Maybe if Marcel Darius didn't like the ganja so much, you could have you could have six. Who knows? But this is a really good choice. This is there's a lot of really quality players in this draft, and I think that I, in a way, probably you know overestimated the longevity of NFL careers because at the end of the day, most of these guys, it feels like they're through their primes. You know, mm -hmm. and a lot of them have. I mean, yeah, the numbers are already comparable as far as Guys who have made all-pro teams, I believe they have 15 individual all-pros on this team, 31 pro bowlers. That looks like a bunch of other lists in my top 10. So this was a really good choice. I am pretty confident they will end up as one of the top 10, and maybe they should be there for me already. But as I didn't really give them a good crack at it, my number nine is the 2004 NFL Draft, which is, of course, most famous for its quarterback crop. I would say you can expect five Hall of Famers from this class, it may end up that it's only four, but tentatively, we're going to pencil in first pick Eli Manning, third pick Larry Fitzgerald, fourth pick Phillip Rivers, and maybe that one doesn't end up happening. People also debate Eli. I think he's pretty surefire. 11th pick Ben Roethlisberger and 126th pick Jared Allen. This draft had 30 pro bowlers, nine all pros, and you look at the strength at the top of this draft, 
it's pretty impressive because in order, it goes Eli, Robert Gallery, who's the only weak player at the top of this draft, then Larry Fitzgerald, Philip Rivers, Sean Taylor, Kellen Winslow, Roy Williams, and D'Angelo Hall. So that's seven of the top eight picks, all pro bowlers throughout their career, but Robert Gallery, who, I'm, as I mentioned, went second. And then you have some other real quality players, Bob Sanders, Michael Turner, guys who didn't have the longest primes, especially Bob Sanders, but they were first-team All-Pro at some points. Vince Wilfork, a great defensive player who contributed to winning. Steven Jackson, incredible longevity, pretty high up there on the all-time rushing list. Jonathan Vilma, Jason Babin. So I think that this draft is probably a little more remembered than it should be because, A, it's more recent, and, B, this league is about quarterbacks, and this is a great quarterback draft despite the fact that there's not necessarily a top 10 quarterback of all time amongst the group. It's three really quality longtime starters, two of whom won multiple Super Bowls. It's not, you know, a top five draft of all time, but the depth is good enough and the strength of the top is good enough for it to sneak onto my list here. The 04 draft is a little higher on my list. I, they don't crack the top five for me. I have them a little higher, but I think that you're a little, I think you're undervaluing the, I guess the, in my opinion, I put them up higher because the value of the quarterback position to me was a little higher just because mm-hmm. when are you going to get three – I don't know if you'd call them all generational, but three franchise quarterbacks in one draft. No, that's a fair – well, there was at least one other time it happened, wink, wink. But, no, that is a <laughs> fair point. And maybe I slightly undervalued the quarterback edge that they should be given – but I just feel like if you look at the draft as a whole, it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. compare to some of the others, and it is the quarterback crop that's carrying it. So yeah, let's move on. I agree. Who do you have at number eight? Uh, number eight, man, I expected this class to be a lot higher on my list, but the depth killed it. Uh, it's the 1989 draft, and when four of the top five players selected go into the Hall of Fame, I, I expected this team, this group to be top three, but the depth is just not here. After those five picks, it really falls off. I mean, you have Aikman. Six-time Pro Bowler, Hall of Famer. His numbers aren't going to blow you away, but he did win three Super Bowls. Uh, Barry Sanders, the second greatest running back of all time, in my opinion. His his numbers are stupid. I I don't have to run them down for you, but he – a generational talent. Uh, Steve Wisniewski, his son, uh, is now a Pittsburgh Steeler, I believe. Uh, Eight-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro selection. I don't believe Steve is in the Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken, but he was a very good offensive lineman. On the defensive side, the late, great Derek Thomas, nine-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro selection, and a Hall of Famer. Uh, You have Neon Dion and Steve Atwater uh, locking down the uh, backside for you. I I mean, defense, at at the top, this draft is second to none, but when you get into the later rounds and the depth here, it's it's just not as strong. Eric Metcalf, I mean, a good running back, not really a whole lot else. Andre Risen had a couple good seasons in Cleveland and Atlanta. Cornell Lake, a former Steelers safety, uh, was pretty good for a little while, but Daryl Johnson, Mark Stebnoski, Marv Cook, Mark Schlereth. I mean, just running down these names compared to the names I just ran down in the 2011 class, I think that that really, you know, it shows you how top-heavy the 89 class really is. Yeah, I completely agree. I had a very similar evaluation of the 89 draft. I have it one spot higher, but, I mean, you speak to the depth and the top-heaviness Even the top of this draft outside of those four isn't great. You have Tony Mandrich at number two, obviously an all-time bust, in part because he's followed immediately by Sanders, Thomas, and Sanders part two. And the rest of the top 10 isn't great. But I think the reason this draft has to be here without a question is when you get three players in the top five of this draft who are top three all-time at their respective positions, and then the other is a multiple-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback, 
that's impossible to leave off, even though with just 26 pro bowlers, 11 all pros, those numbers aren't on par with the rest of this list. Uh, I don't know. I remember if you mentioned Andre Rison, but that's another pretty good player to come out of this draft, five-time pro bowler, 10K plus receiving yards. But I couldn't put them higher either just because the lack of depth is – it's probably the most shallow draft on this list, but it is mm-hmm. also the most star-studded at the top. My number eight – so that was my number seven. My number eight – is the 1969 NFL draft. And the 67 through 69 crop is pretty loaded. 69 ends up being the one with the least Hall of Favors from that three-year stretch, but I would argue that it is the higher quality batch of Hall of Famers. So you have five of them. You have O.J. Simpson at the first overall pick, Mean Joe Green, fourth, 19th, you have uh, Roger Worley, 33rd, you have Ted Hendricks, and 93rd, you have Charlie Joyner. So Charlie Joyner, maybe not one of the best Hall of Famers of all time, but I would say a deserving Hall of Famer. And this one does have depth. 30, 32 Pro Bowlers, 19 All-Pros, which I believe is the second highest total on this list overall. Even, you know, if you look at the top of the draft, not necessarily the biggest star name, but you have George Kunz, an eight-time Pro Bowl tackle, going number two overall. And then you have some really notable non-Hall of Famers. You have a two-time All-Pro in L.C. Greenwood, who I know you've argued before should be a Hall of Famer. You have a three-time All-Pro at receiver in Gene Washington, five-time Pro Bowler Bill Stanfield, who was a defensive pillar for those great Dolphins teams. One area in which this draft is exceptionally weak is at quarterback. The most passing yards from any quarterback in this draft was the Buffalo Bills' James Harris with 8,136 career yards. So compared to the 2004 draft, which was ninth on my list, there is a serious gap in quarterback talent but I just think that this is the better overall draft it's the deeper draft and I would take both OJ and Mean Joe Green over any player from the 2004 draft class as far as their merit at their individual position maybe you could argue Larry Fitzgerald versus Mean Joe Green I just think uh, the the peak and the contributions to winning are so much higher for Mean Joe so that's my number eight who do you have at number seven uh, I just want to briefly say uh, I did not have the 69 class on my list either. I, I considered them, and I and I know you're you're going to get on me a little bit. OJ and Joe carried. I just the depth here was not there for me. Roger Worley, like you mentioned, some good Hall of Famers. I didn't think the depth in 69 was enough to get on my list. 19 but, All Pros though, Logan. This is where this is where I do think we have to be aware that we're not just favoring drafts because we've seen these guys play for a long time. Because of course. And, we're more familiar with deeper names in the more recent classes. And I agree. And maybe there is a recency bias for having the 2011 class and the 04 class up higher. I, I don't know. I just, I wasn't as impressed with the, yeah, I get, you said it with the name value. That sucks, but that's how I looked at it. Well, that's fair enough. All right, let's move on to your number seven. My number seven is the 1996 class, and they currently have five Hall of Famers and maybe two more on the way. I, I don't know. I'll run it down for you, though. So the 96 class, uh, at the top on the offense, you have Marvin Harrison, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time uh, All-Pro selection, Super Bowl champ, a two-time league leader in receptions and receiving yards, and he's ninth in career receiving yards and fifth in touchdowns and receptions. If you like wideouts, we've got another one, Terrell Owens, a six-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro selection, three-time league leader in receiving yards, receiving uh, touchdowns, or excuse me, three-time league leader in receiving touchdowns. He's third in career receiving yards, fifth in touchdowns, and eighth in receptions. O-line, you have Jonathan Ogden, one of the greatest O-lines in re- uh, 
O-linemen in recent memory, uh, you know, anchored down that line for them in Baltimore with uh, man, who, uh, Trent Dilfer at quarterback. Yeah, congrats, Jonathan. Another O-lineman here in this class, Willie Anderson. Uh, Willie never had team success in Cincy, is which I, why I think he's forgotten to history. I mean, when you have Jeff Blake at quarterback, it's going to be tough winning games. Uh, but he did have some solid running back seasons blocking in front for Corey Dillon. On the defensive side of the ball, you have Ray Lewis, the all-time leading tackler in NFL history. Brian Dawkins, one of the greatest uh, hitters at the safety position and a pretty good ball hawk. Uh, Zach Thomas, who, again, uh, if you remember, I've argued to be in the Hall of Fame. I expect him to get in there pretty soon. And then depth-wise, I like it. You have Keyshawn Johnson, the number one overall pick, Simeon Rice, Eddie George. And like you said, Carson, maybe I am a little biased because most of these guys I saw play in their prime, Keyshawn, Simeon, Eddie George, Jeff Hardings, Eric Moulds, Lawyer Malloy, Musin Muhammad, Teddy Bruschi, Joe Horn, and Lloyd Glover. Yeah, I watched most of these guys play when I was a kid, which is maybe why I have the 96 at seven. I think, though, I think you can argue that 96 could be top five. Well, I would make that argument. I have 96 a few spots higher, and the reason is, first of all, I would say that by my book, there are six Hall of Famers in this class because Zach Thomas is a Hall of Famer, and I don't think there's that much debating that. And then there's so many guys who have verge of the Hall of Fame resumes, Mike Allstott, Eddie George, and then just so many quality players, a lot of the guys guys who you just listed. I just think that 96 has that exceptional blend of depth and talent at the top. So I do have them higher. My number seven was 1989. We already discussed that in great depth. So who do you have at number six? Number six was a pretty tough one. And if, uh, if you have the 85 class in your top five, I'm not going to fault you at all because it's exceptionally talented uh, towards, you know, the players that dominated. You have the greatest offensive player of all time in Jerry Rice, six-time league leader in receiving yards and touchdowns. First and the greatest, every receiving and the greatest defensive player of all time. In – Bruce oh, Smith. Say, you say the <laughs> – <you, laughs> No. <laughs> I would not. Yeah, I was – I was wondering. I was wondering if you had a screw loose, Carson. No, I'm okay. <laughs> um, yes, Bruce Smith is here. Um, number one in career sacks with 200. Somehow never led the league in sacks, though. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, a two-time crazy. league leader in forced fumbles, eighth in career forced fumbles. If you needed a guy to go get the passer, this was your draft. Chris Dolman along here, 150 and a half sacks all time. Fifth, Kevin Green, a former Steeler, 160 sacks, third all time. Um, back on the offensive side of the ball, Andre Reed, 14th in career receiving touchdowns, 17th in career receiving yards, 18th in career receptions. Pretty good draft for the Buffalo Bills, if I say so myself. Herschel Walker, um, I feel needs being mentioned. I feel like Herschel is a little overrated in career running back circles just because he wasn't as good for very long, but he is warranting a mention. Steve Tasker is another guy here, a special teams legend and a seven-time Pro Bowler. I think Steve Tasker is a Hall of Famer. I'm going to go battle for my Buffalo Bills fans across the world. Steve Tasker deserves to be in the Hall. Depth-wise, I feel like this class is not talked about enough. Lomas Brown, a great offensive tackle for the Detroit Lions. Mark Bavaro, a Pro Bowl tight end for the Giants. Ray Childress, Randall Cunningham, Bill Freilich. Uh, there's a lot of talent in this class and some decent depth. Again, I think 85 could be way higher the way you um, write your argument. So interestingly enough, I also have 1985 at my number six spot. And uh, the, obviously the pass rushing talent is insane to have three of the top five sack leaders of all time in the same draft. Pretty crazy. The depth is very strong. 31 pro bowlers, 15 all pro uh, players, which 
those are some pretty good numbers. And yeah, I mean, even at the top of the draft, you mentioned these guys, but you know, Bill Fralick going second, Ray Childress going third. Those guys are all pros throughout their career. So your top four picks when the bookends for that are Bruce Smith and Chris Dolman, really not a miss among that group, which is pretty impressive. And then another notable guy, Jim Lachey, a three-time All-Pro on the O-line. Randall Cunningham, obviously one of the star quarterbacks of this era. And then I would like to shout out Buster Rhymes, who went 85th in this draft. Buster Rhymes and Jack Del Rio, the 68th pick of this draft. I'm I, sorry, that can't, that can't be right. Which one, Buster Rhymes or Jack Del Rio? Oh. Buster Rhymes won the 85 draft. That's correct. No, not Buster is, Rhymes. Can, not Buster Rhymes, the rapper. Buster Rhymes. That is his actual can, name. It's, how, do you, how do you spell Buster? B-U-S-T-E-R? Yep, sure do. Buster Rhymes, the 85th pick in the draft, right yeah. before Andre Reed. Yeah, not a great career. Um, speaking of Andre Reed, I thought that there was an argument to be made that for a single team, this is – the greatest draft ever because you have Bruce Smith, you have Andre Reed. You also have the Bills taking Frank Reich, who was not an exceptional player um, throughout his career, but did orchestrate the greatest comeback in football history and was a really quality backup. So I thought that, and then I realized that in the 74 draft, your Pittsburgh Steelers took four Hall of Famers with Lynn Swan, Jack Lambert, John Stallworth, and Mike Webster in the same draft, Logan. That is your that is your Steeler privilege right there. Four Hall of Famers in one draft, just taking everything, <laughs> ripping my heart out, just embarrassing my little thought. Oh, maybe this is the best draft by a single team ever. Nope. So that sucked. But yeah, this is a great draft overall. It has depth. It has star talent at the top. I do think that Bruce Smith is one of the most underrated players of all time. It's always Reggie White. Reggie White. Who's got one and a half <laughs> four career sacks? Bruce. So go Bills. Yeah, it's interesting that we overlapped there. Uh, but I this one just missed my top five. Who do you have at number five? Carson, it's funny that you are now bringing up greatest drafts of all time. It plays well into – you know what? I didn't write down – this is pretty funny. I didn't write down the Steelers' 74 draft. I didn't write down the Bills' greatest draft. You know who I wrote down for the 04 draft? Who? The San Diego Chargers. Give it to um, me. Eli Manning, Nick Hardwick, Nate Kading, Sean Phillips, and Michael Turner. Wow. That is a great um, draft. I mean, nothing on 74 Steeler level or Bills from 1985, but pretty good for a modern era draft class. Yeah. I, put, I put 2004 at five, again, mostly because of the quarterback talent, but uh, you touched on it. Eli Fitz, Rivers, Roethlisberger. Um, Darnell Dockett, I feel warrant to mention here, uh, as well as Steven Jackson. They put in some work there in the mid-2000s. D'Angelo Hall, as you said. Uh, but like you said, uh, maybe I overvalued this group because comparing the 85 pass rush list with the 04 mm -hmm. defensive depth, I'm not loving it as much. But again, I am biased because Ben Roethlisberger is here, and I must put Big Ben number one on every list ever. Well, that's fair. Yeah, I understand having 04. I mean, it's clearly on the list, uh, but I would not have it this high. What I do have at number five is the 1981 draft, which I think is pretty clearly the greatest defensive draft of all time. You have seven Hall of Famers at number two, Lawrence Taylor, at number four, Kenny Easley, number eight, Ronnie Lott, number 38, Mike Singletary, number 48, Howie Long, number 51, Ricky Jackson, number 69, Russ Grimm. 32 Pro Bowlers, 12 All-Pros. And as I'm looking at this, I wonder if I sold it a little bit short because mm -hmm. 
having Lawrence Taylor and Ronnie Lott in the same draft on its own is ridiculous. And then you have Mike Singletary, who I believe is a seven-time All-Pro defensively. And then you also have Howie Long. I mean, there are 30 combined All-Pro appearances from just the defensive players in this draft. And that's a valuable stat because it's not just a bunch of one-time All-Pros. Those are perennial, multiple-time guys, which is really exceptional from anyone in the NFL. All top five picks in this draft were first-team All-Pros at least once in their career. You have maybe the less famous running back George Rogers, who had 1,674 rushing yards as a rookie. You have Lawrence Taylor. Then you have Freeman McNeil, another running back who had a pretty high peak. Then you have Kenny Easley at number four. And then you have EJ Jr., linebacker, at number five. So really great strength at the top. Again, not really a miss among that. One of the downsides to this draft is it was a very weak quarterback draft. You have Neil Lomax and Wade Wilson as the two leading passers. They're the only two guys with at least 5,000 career passing yards in this draft. And now I'm starting to wonder if I should have this one at least leapfrog my number four and maybe my number three. And I'm wondering if there's a bit of error bias. The thing is with my number four, there are so many quality players who I really know were quality players. So I think I'm going to stick with my guns and I think I feel good about that. But 81 is absolutely loaded. Uh, I have the 1981 draft class uh, much higher. Uh, we'll get into that when we do. Uh, but yeah, it does surprise me that you have them this low. I mean, if you're looking at the offensive talent, this is certainly a draft that's lacking. George Rogers mm-hmm. is one of the best offensive guys out of this. And all I can say is if you needed to draft a defensive player, this was you were probably happy with who you ended up with. Yep, I agree. So let's move on. Who do you have at number four? This has been the draft class I have been waiting to talk about. Number four, the 2007 draft class has got to be, in my opinion, in every single person who ever ranks draft class in the NFL, it has to be in the top five. Because, and maybe, again, maybe it's just recency bias, but wow, they've got some names here. It's not, it's not uh, recency bias. Calvin Johnson Jr., and I think, I think 07 is very similar to, this is a loose comparison because I don't think 2013 is nearly as talented as 07 NBA-wise. When Anthony Bennett goes at the top of the 2013 draft for NBA fans, I feel like it's a little misconstrued on the same level as the 07 draft when Jamarcus Russell goes at the top. I feel like they throw the entire class away without even looking at it. But you have an MVP in Adrian Peterson. You have Calvin Johnson here at the top. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is another guy that I think could be a Hall of Famer one day just because he's a Super Bowl champ, two-time league leader in rushing touchdowns, and a five-time Pro Bowler. On the O-line, I really love the O-line talent that mm-hmm. came out of the 07 draft. Uh, Joe Thomas never missed the snap until his final season. Different beast. Ten-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro. Joe Staley, absolute anchor on the left side. You just saw up to last year what he's been doing in San Francisco. Six-time Pro Bowler. Ryan Khalil, another solid one. And, of course, one of the best offensive linemen in recent memory, Marshall Yonda. On the defensive side of the football, you've got some amazing talent as well. Patrick Willis, Darrell Revis, and Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle, a former league leader in interceptions. And the depth here is some of my favorite. The Pittsburgh Steelers picked up Lawrence Timmons and Lamar Woodley in this draft Mm -hmm. alongside my favorite safety ever. I love talking about him, Michael Griffin. And uh, Brandon Merriweather, John Beeson, Ben Grubbs, Reggie Nelson, and Greg Olson. What a great class. Well, I also love this class. And I was wondering if – you wouldn't have this one because when, you know, always for this, I look through a couple lists just to get a frame of reference to make sure I don't miss anything glaring. And 2007 did not get a mention. I think it is easily a top five class of all time because I think that there are six Hall of Fame 
locks, basically, with Calvin Johnson, Joe Thomas, Adrian Peterson, Patrick Willis, Marshawn Lynch, and Jarrell Rebus. If any of those guys get left out of the Hall of Fame, I think it is a robbery. And then 35 Pro Bowlers, 13 All-Pros, multiple-time All-Pros in Marshall Yonda, Eric Weddle, and Ryan Khalil, a perennial Pro Bowler in Joe Staley, and then other quality guys, even beyond who you mentioned, Paul Poslozny, Dwayne Bowe, who had a really high peak, Deshaun Goldson, another guy who was a force for a couple years, James Jones. There's just so many good names in this draft, and then also the real Hall of Fame caliber talent. Uh, I don't know. It might be the deepest draft ever as far as quality Hall of Fame players or just really good NFL players for a long time. So I do have that one even higher. My number four, though, is 1996, which we already talked about a bit, but the case for it is... 17 individual All-Pros. That's a very high number. The five Hall of Famers are, when you are evaluating the, evaluating the quality of Hall of Famers, really, really good stuff. Jonathan Ogden, no-brainer. Marvin Harrison, no-brainer. Ray Lewis, obviously, no-brainer. Brian Dawkins, no-brainer. Terrell Owens, no-brainer. Those are, you know, three of the top three or four players at their position ever. I think Ogden, Ray Lewis, and Terrell Owens are all probably top four at their position of all time. Marvin Harrison is not far off of that. Neither is Brian Dawkins. And then it is the Zach Thomas, Willie Anderson, Mike Allstott, Eddie George, Laurie Malloy, et cetera, tier. Just so many good players. Even the number two and number three picks in this draft and number one, where none of them are the most famous, but you have Keyshawn at number one, over 10,000 career yards. Kevin Hardy and Simeon Rice, both all pro level guys. Always nice when there isn't a bust at the top of the draft, even though 2007 does have that. It's just, I feel good for these teams knowing that they didn't miss out on these great drafts at the top, and 1996 certainly has that. So for me, it was really the depth that uh, got 1996 so high. So let's move into the top three, Logan. Who do you have at number three? Number three, uh, I have the 1957 draft class, and I think 1957 was probably the hardest group to rank, mostly because you have way more rounds in this draft and you mm-hmm. also have way less teams. That being said, you can't, you can't just shake away the talent that's here. Paul Horning um, is every old person's favorite player. Every old football fan I've ever talked to has always been Paul Horning, the GOAT, uh, four-time NFL champ, one-time Super Bowl champ, one-time MVP, two-time All-Pro selection. Len Dawson is here, three-time AFL champ, a Super Bowl champion league leader in passing touchdowns four times, and a whole lot of other passing categories. Jim Brown, the greatest running back ever, um, one-time NFL champ, three-time MVP. Tommy McDonald, Sonny Jurgensen, another good quarterback here. And Don Maynard, a really talented receiver. I I can't get into um, extreme depth on the O-line. I don't know a lot about Jim Parker and Gene Hickerson, but if they're in the Hall of Fame with these numbers, I trust the NFL. And then on defense, Henry Jordan, a guy I've never heard of before, a four-time Pro Bowler, a five-time All-Pro selection, two-time Super Bowl champ, and a five-time NFL champ. Seven times. He went mm. Robert Ory mode. Yeah. Henry Jordan is a nerd sesh favorite. I'm declaring it. Yeah. And uh, depth in this class, again, I'm not going to be able to give you super big scopes of these guys because of how old this class is. But uh, John Arnett, John Brody, Del Schopner, Bill Glass, and Jack Kemp all contributed uh, with Pro Bowl and – uh, I believe um, Brody and Arnett all pro seasons. Well, I was really impressed with the depth of this class just because of how many names I knew. So I'm just going to, for balls and cocks. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'm just going to reveal it now. I have 2007 at number three. I feel like we already talked about that enough. My number two is 1957. Um, and the quarterback position in this draft is actually really loaded because you have Len Dawson, you have Sonny Jurgensen, and you also have Jack Kemp, who's a two-time All-Pro quarterback, and John Brody, who was an MVP over 31,000 career passing yards back in this era. You also have a five-time All-Pro in Del Schaffner, which is a borderline Hall of Fame caliber resume. And I know you mentioned, obviously, we did not see these offensive linemen play. We don't even have stats for them. It's tough to evaluate. I just know that Jim Parker with the eight all pros is one of the famous best offensive linemen of all time, like really up there in the highest tier. And then also 19 all pros in this draft. That's the second highest total 36 pro bowlers. That's way up there. So the depth, the talent at the top with the Jim Brown, Jim Parker, Len Dawson tier, uh, and even Paul Horning, the prime's not as long, but he was still a pretty great player. This is a loaded draft class. So I'm pretty sure that I know where we're going to go with the top two, but as a formality, what do you have at number two? Yeah, I'm glad you said uh, well, yours for number two because I think number one is a runaway. Number two, I have the 81 class, which you discussed earlier. Yeah, I think you sold them a little short. Um, again, you mentioned Russ Grimm, uh, good alignment for Riggins and Rodgers in uh, Washington as they won some Super Bowls. But, yeah, defensively on this side of the ball, uh, did you mention Ricky Jackson at all? I did not shout – well, I mentioned his name. I mean, 44 fumbles, 128 sacks, over 1,000 tackles. Mm-hmm. He, uh, four-time league leader in forced fumbles. I mean, I didn't, even lo- I didn't even know a whole lot about Ricky Jackson, but just reading about him, Kenny Easley, Ronnie Lott, looking at these numbers was really impressive. I had a couple guys you didn't mention. Uh, I don't remember hearing Chris Collinsworth or Dexter Manley in the depth, but, yeah, the 81 draft class was stupid talented on the defensive side of the ball, but I think we both agree on the number one spot. Yeah, the number one is not even close for so many reasons, but why don't you tell the people? The 1983 class, and like you said, it's really not close. Uh, Also, congratulations as the Buffalo Bills did knock this one out of the ballpark. Sure did. Uh, On the offensive side, Elway, nine-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ, MVP, ninth in career passing yards, 12th in career passing touchdowns. Eric Dickerson, his 2,000-yard season. Uh, as we all remember, ninth career rushing yards, 13th career rushing touchdowns, offensive player of the year, and Dickerson, a four-time league leader in rushing yards. That's so hard to do. Jim Kelly, one-time league leader in touchdowns, also in interceptions, passer rating, and completion percentage. Um, I, I mean, Dan Marino, which also, how did Marino slip to that low? I think, yeah. uh, what was his issue? Did he have a little bit of the Marcel Darius problem? I don't know. Maybe he uh, did. Marino Marino fell. I distinctly remember the 83 draft class because I've heard this story so many times from my dad, so many times from the Rooney family, but we took Gabe Rivera in this draft class, a defensive tackle, and we passed on Marino. Bradshaw was aging. The next season, Bradshaw would get injured and be done. We could have had, I'm telling you, Carson, we could have had 10 Super Bowls. The Pittsburgh Steelers would run the world. It would be amazing. What a shame. (laughs) On the offensive line, you have I, I knew Bruce Matthews was good, and I knew that his um, – I don't know how else to say this. I knew that he uh, was shooting pretty straight the way his kids came out in the NFL. Quality but, offspring. Wow, Bruce Matthews has to have the most impressive offensive lineman resume I've ever seen. 14-time Pro Bowler, seven-time All-Pro selection, a Hall of Famer, and he only had one season, 1987, where he missed time. Also on the O-line, Jimbo Covert, two-time Pro Bowler, 
uh, two-time All-Pro selection, anchored Chicago's O-line for eight seasons in the 80s. On the defensive side of the ball, you have Super Bowl MVP Richard Dent, which you discussed, 137 and a half sacks, 10th all-time, 37 forced fumbles, and a one-time league leader in sacks. Daryl Green is also here, and I think Daryl Green – Daryl Green did not blow me away with his career numbers or his uh, Hall of Fame uh, number, I believe. The metric, whatever they use on pro football reference, was way lower than anybody else. But Daryl Green is a Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl champ. The depth here is pretty solid as well. Kurt Warner, not that Kurt Warner, but the running back of the Seahawks. Henry Ellard, Roger Craig, Charles Mann, Albert Lewis, and Carl Mecklenburg. What a class. Yeah, you did a great job of giving the, the summary there. A couple facts, though. Eight Hall of Famers is the most of any class since the merger. As we mentioned, some of the earlier classes have a slight advantage there. Eight Hall of Famers is ridiculous. I think it's the best quarterback draft of all time. I think it's the best offensive draft of all time. You have two MVPs in L.A. and Marino, two offensive players of the year in Marino and Dickerson, three quarterbacks to reach uh, the Super Bowl. And, you know, obviously Jim Kelly is as close to a Super Bowl winning quarterback as it gets. Marino and Kelly are both two of the greatest to never win it. What's also incredible about this draft is it blows away the other drafts as far as pro bowlers, 42 from this draft and all pros, 21 has the record in both of those. And then even non-Hall of Famers, really great offensive players like Mark Clayton and Roger Craig, multiple-time Pro Bowl offensive studs. And then you mentioned three-time All-Pro Carl Mecklenburg defensively. It goes beyond the eight Hall of Famers. It goes beyond the three all-time great quarterbacks and even Dickerson and even Matthews, who's one of the best offensive tackles of all time. It's everything about this draft. It is not close. And sometimes I think that this Sometimes I think we get overly quarterback-centric, and we just think about 83 and 04, but 83 is not just about the quarterbacks. Like, it's not close. This is easily the best quarterback class of all time. It's laughing at 2004 because it has two top 10 guys and then another probably top 15 in Jim Kelly. I think that two – I mean, you know, Jim Kelly is probably a little bit below Ben Roethlisberger on your all-time list, but this clearly has three of the top four quarterbacks from those two classes, and then it is also better everywhere else. It's, it's ridiculous. If you have anything well, other then, than 83, you're a fool. And then you sprinkle Eric Dickerson in there just for fun. I mean, it's yeah. – yeah, yeah, like you said, this is not close. So let's discuss some of the near misses. What were some of your honorable mentions? So as I mentioned, 67 through 69 were close, but the one draft class that really made a – strong case in my opinion at least in my head was the 2014 class and yes Hmm. it's way too early to throw them in a top 10 but the talent here from what I've seen in recent memory has impressed me Khalil Mack all-time Jadavian Clowney Mike Evans uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Zach Martin Aaron Donald I think this team has top 10 potential very soon yeah that's a pretty loaded class for me the toughest cut would probably have to be 2001 uh, you have two current Hall of Famers in LaDainian Tomlinson and Steve Hutchinson. I think you have two more locks when they become eligible in Steve Smith and Drew Brees. Reggie Wayne, Richard Seymour, Chad Johnson, maybe not locks, but they all have very legitimate cases. 34 Pro Bowlers, 11 All Pros, really quality depth in that sense. And then you have some really notable non-Hall of Famers, Justin Smith, Matt Light, Adrian Wilson, Chris Jenkins, all All Pros in their career. You have Michael Vick as a notable pro bowler, Casey Hampton to Pittsburgh. So that was a tough cut for me. Another one that just did not have the depth but was so loaded at the top, 1998, 
with a big four of Peyton Manning, Alan Fanica, Charles Woodson, and Randy Moss. Moss is the only current Hall of Famer, but Woodson and Peyton are both becoming eligible this year. Fanica should be a lock. He is one of the best offensive line resumes of all time. And then you also have Heinz Ward, Amon Green, pretty ridiculous offensive talent there. Three more five-plus-time Pro Bowl offensive linemen and Olin Krutz, Matt Burke, Flozell Adams. So that was a really good draft, but at the end of the day, it didn't have enough quality players to compare to the rest, even though it was so loaded at the top. And then 93 was one for me, 68 was one, and 74, basically single-handedly because of the Pittsburgh Steelers with the four Hall of Famers. So good for them. Man, Carson, I have to say, I'm looking at the 98 draft class. This has to be one of the worst drafts I've ever seen depth-wise. Yeah, it's terrible depth-wise, but it is so good at the top that I had to consider it because Peyton Fanica, Woodson, Moss, that is, you know, that top four is matched only by probably 89, I would say. I can't think of a better one besides that. I'm looking at the names, and there's some definite talent here. Fred Taylor, Keith Brooking, Takeo Spikes, all of these guys just flamed out so quick. Yeah, the depth just wasn't there. So this was a lot of fun looking back at the draft history. I think that we may, be, we may double down on this idea with the NBA. Who knows? I'm not going to give you guys any inside look at to what kind of stuff goes on here at Nerd Sesh, but I will tell you, if you look at our track record, when we come up with a theme – We do have two sports to cover here, so sometimes we do repeat it for the other sport the next week, but don't tell anyone that. So that's going to do it for us here today. I've been Carson Brabber. I have been Logan Camden. And this was NerdSet. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.